is Jack Scallions. Would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? I have been known now over these past five decades as a fundamentalist, a label I have worn and proudly wear even to this date. The long and the short of it is that I'm just a simple preacher who holds to the basics of the Christian faith. Jude, in his little epistle, refers to the common salvation. He wrote approximately 50 years after the crucifixion of Christ and the birth of the church. He proclaimed his original intent to write of the common salvation was thwarted by a need to expose an attack on the common basic fundamentals of the faith. So important was this departure from the truth that Jude begged the reader in verse 3 to earnestly contend, literally to agonize in the defense of this faith that had been once for all delivered to the saints. The reason Jude called believers to high alert was that certain men had crept in unaware. False doctrine had begun and metastasized in the church. Apostates with an agenda of perversion of truth had slowly moved into prominent places while no one was watching. Immediately, some people would say to Jude, why the panic? Is there not room for varied interpretations? Can we not all get along? Can we not be inclusive? Don't I have the right to an opinion? Isn't Jude being a bit too narrow? Well, the answer, of course, is no. When it comes to the fundamentals of the faith, there are only two positions— the position of total and unreserved belief, or apostasy. The definition of an apostate is one who deliberately rejects revealed truth. I recognize today that, that's, that it is a harsh word. The apostate may be well-dressed and influential and articulate, decent, law-abiding, and socially an asset to the community. For sure he is religious and often educated, he just simply questions the truth of the fundamentals. The choice is not because of ignorance, but because of arrogance. An apostate may believe in God, but not believe in God's revelation. He would say to you, I am not an atheist. I know Christians who disagree on music styles and manner of dress and certain types of entertainment, even some on modes of baptism. There are some who lean toward Calvinism, while others are more Armenian. Some hold a hard line against debt, while others not so much. Certainly there can be disagreement over some issues and some scriptural interpretations, but never on the fundamentals. Much of the world's religions would exclude the basics of Christianity and every false cult simply takes Bible truth and adds their poison doctrine to the mix. Recognized religious denominations have not been excluded from this. Many have abandoned the fundamentals in favor of social issues. Immediately after the presentation of the genuine, Satan began infiltrating the church with error. To be a fundamentalist scripturally today means you're in the minority. You're outside of the ecumenical mixing bowl. The vast portion of religion today places little or no emphasis on the basic elements of true Christianity. The core list of the fundamentals is actually short. 
with the belief that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, inspired Word of God topping the list. Notice I said the Bible is, not the Bible contains the Word of God. Remove the Bible as the truth-based mooring, and you are cast into a sea of religious upheaval. From the scripture we learn that Christ had no human father and was born a virgin. That is an essential, a fundamental, and all of Christianity hinges on that fact. Only as Christ the God-man with no sin nature could he pay an eternal debt for an infant humanity in a moment of time. A fundamentalist knows that Christ lived a sinless life and died a substitutionary vicarious death on the cross. He suffered the eternal punishment of hell quantitatively and qualitatively. Without the virgin birth, he would have had a sin nature, and with that sin nature, a debt like any other of Adam's children. Isaiah stated his payment was so sufficient that God's judgment was satisfied. John the Apostle said the same in 1 John chapter 2, for he is the propitiation, satisfaction for our sins and not for us only, but for the sins of the whole world. The short list includes Christ's physical bodily resurrection from the grave. The resurrection separates Christianity from the world's religion. Now many can take you today to the tombs and bones of their founders. Christianity, however, can take you to an empty tomb. This is a claim exclusively fundamental. Remove it and Christianity disappears. The road to apostasy is always run downhill but has intensified through institutions of so-called higher learning. Yale University was founded in 1701 by congregational ministers for the liberal and religious education of suitable youth to, pro to propagate in the wilderness the blessed Reformed Protestant religion. I read where Princeton was founded by the Presbyterians in 1746. Reverend Jonathan Dickerson became its first president, declaring this, Cursed be all that learning that is contrary to the cross of Christ. Columbia was started in 1754 and was called King's College until 1784. The Baptists started Brown in uh, 1764, and the Dutch Reformed Church started Rutgers in 1766. Why are you saying all this, Pastor? Well, let me just say it like this. 100 of the first 108 colleges in America were started on the Christian fundamentals. But by the close of 1860, there were 246 colleges in America. Only 17 were state institutions. All, almost all were started for religious purposes. Well, what happened? As in the days of Jude... Certain men crept in unawares and slowly began to question the commonly held core beliefs of true Christianity. These planted the seeds of doubt that reaped the harvest of apostasy. Young people in the schools of higher learning on the college campuses today are learning lawlessness and immorality, much of the time taught by apostates. Old mainline denominations that once held tight to the fundamentals of the faith have shifted doctrinally due to influences often fostered in the very schools started and supported by those denominations. 
A young seminary student may leave his old-fashioned fundamental church to receive training. Little by little, a professor or some of his peers throw questions of doubt about the virgin birth, the blood atonement, bodily resurrection, or the authenticity of the scripture. He comes away not believing in the fundamentals. He is shipwrecked. The awful thing is that good, well-meaning people are unaware and pay the apostate's salary. What is taught in many of these schools is bad. What is not taught is even worse. The apostate is expert at almost saying something. The plan of Satan to pollute the stream starts with the headwaters. A young seminary student taught to doubt the truth of Scripture will spread this doubt in classrooms and church pulpits. A pastor, a teacher, or religious worker of any kind who holds a position, paid or unpaid, that involves spiritual truth and denies the fundamentals partially or wholly, rightly owns the title apostate. The fundamentalist is, a, is as narrow as the truth is narrow. He is always obedience-based, and he is not outcome-based. The fundamentalist is predictable and unbendable and resolute. He is what he believes. Core truth holds no latitude. Therefore, the world of fundamentalism is small. The crowd is short that refuses to link arms with religious groups that reject known biblical fundamentals. As a believer, the Bible commands us to love others as Christ loved the church. The same Bible commandment, however, to us is not to yoke ourselves together with unbelievers, which includes deniers of the stated fundamentals of the faith. This is Jack Scallions. I want to thank you for taking just a few moments today to give me the opportunity to share my heart to yours. <music>